Would you go please to 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter? Also, we'll be looking right over a page or two into 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. We've been on this subject for some weeks now, and I want us to continue with it. Before we read this, let's release our faith. I would ask you to believe God with me this evening. The Lord's been ministering to me for the past, especially the past year or so, about faith. Faith in some different areas. And we've been exercising this more and more out on the road in our meetings. And we have seen some outstanding miracles. I mean wonderful things. We've seen 30, 40, 60 miracles at one time. Just like that. I mean something was there and then it's gone. I wouldn't stand up here and lie to you. I'm telling you. You can see, but we have people testify at the end of the service, and I mean, you can see it on their face. There's no disputing it. It's real to them. It happened. The difference is in the faith of the congregation. I'm telling you. I mean, my faith is growing too. No minister can do more than the crowd will let them do. Including Jesus. You remember the scripture? In his own hometown. The Bible said he could. It didn't say he decided not to. Chose not to. Said he could there do no mighty works. Jesus couldn't do mighty works at a place. That's what the Bible says. Mark 6, 5. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Well, if unbelief would hinder Jesus, it would certainly hinder any of us. Certainly. The series that we've been on on Sunday mornings has to do with this. And this is working us, and what will come next after this is working us towards this. And we've learned how to come into a place and believe for revelation. A few people have. And I appreciate the ones in here. So many folks, they don't think they have any responsibility in church. They think if they made it to church and got in a seat, they have done it. Especially if they put a dollar in the bucket or something. Man, hey, what more do you expect? Well, the Lord expects quite a bit more. Did you know it? He expects faith out of us to believe for things to happen. And our generation has learned, and thank God for it, uh, this was an area that was really lacking in generations prior to us, but we've learned how to come in And believe for revelation. Believe for light. And truth to come. And that's wonderful and that's good. But that's not the only area we're supposed to believe in. And so the Lord's going to open up some more areas to us. Show us how to use our faith. Just like we believe for revelation, we can believe for a healing miracle. We can believe for something else. And you exercise yourself in it and you grow in it and you get stronger in it and one of us could put a thousand to flight but two of us would put two thousand no so then this is not addition two of us can put ten thousand ten thousand you jump from one thousand moving to ten thousand moving power just by two of us getting our faith together. Oh, come on, can you see this? And so you're going to see the greatest things, the most powerful things, the most amazing things, when more people can get in one place, one mind, one accord, one faith, not just sitting back saying, entertain me. And that's the problem. It's easy to be lazy. Who's monitoring you right now? As to how active your faith is. (laughs) I mean I can't come back to every person. And sit down on the chair with you. Go all right, now you're believing with me right? Look at me. Let me see you with me. (laughs) If everybody in the congregation's forehead. Was a TV screen. (laughs) A video screen. And you could see what was on their mind. Oh brother. (laughs) It would be terribly distracting. 
Because the reality is people's minds are on all different kinds of channels and things. And this being splintered and scattered makes us weak and powerless. Did you hear me? Makes us mental, carnal. You remember reading in the book of Acts where they were in one place, one mind, one accord. Then didn't you see some amazing things happen? Great, amazing, powerful things occurred. So it's not just up to the preacher, is it? You know, a lot of times gifts of the Spirit are in operation and people don't realize it. It's supposed to be just a regular thing. That word of knowledge and word of wisdom and prophecy manifests in the teaching and preaching of the word. And even more so in certain kinds of ministries. And ministries, I should say. Every time. And God loves us. Oh, He loves us. And He wants every one of us to get what we need from Him. He wants us to get, if we're thinking wrong and believing wrong, He wants us to quit and get corrected and get straightened out. And if we're weak, He wants to give us strength and grace. And if we're just blank and don't know what to do, He wants to unfold the next step. Give us the plan. Show us how to do it. And there's no way. I don't know all these things. No man or woman would ever know all these things. You don't know them. And we don't need to know the details about each other. There's no way this could ever get accomplished from my or your effort. But by the Holy Spirit, it can get done. It's amazing. We don't know all the things that get done in a service. You know, I've just heard a continuous stream over the years. I've probably heard it a hundred thousand times. Brother Keith, that was just for me. And then, you know, eight other people tell me the same service. Brother Keith, that was just for me. Okay, well, it wasn't just for them because it was just for them too. And I've had people tell me, oh, Brother Keith, when you got on that, glory to God, I saw this. And they start telling me what they saw. And I'm like, okay, wait just a minute. Tell me that again. (laughs) What was that? Because I didn't say that. That was something the Lord was saying to them. And yet they got it out of something that he said through me. But this is supernatural. This is supernatural because he's here. And he's talking to us. And he's doing things in us. Did you know you can be healed of a life-threatening so-called terminal disease just sitting right there in your chair tonight? Nobody touch you or lay a hand on you or pray a prayer. You can still be healed. The Bible said he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions and death. If, if, what? If we'll believe. It all depends on that. All of it hinges on that. Not just if I'll believe. If we will believe. And you don't have to know the details. Just, I'm believing. Okay, we're expecting. We're expecting. Somebody say, I believe. I'm believing. I'm expecting. Not just for myself. Amen. Now, our text in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says this. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians, the second chapter, and the 14th verse. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. says, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Thanks be unto God, who gives us the victory. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. We've titled this series, Thanksgiving Victory. Is there a connection between thanksgiving and victory? These two verses it certainly is. And notice he's not just giving thanks for something that happened, that had happened, has happened. He's thanking God for the present and the future. Isn't he? Thanks be unto God who gives us. Give. That's present and future. 
And then here, thanks be unto God who always causes us to trust. That's definitely future. Always. Not just right now, but tomorrow and the next day and next month. Always causes. So in this case, are we thanking God for something we haven't seen yet? We haven't felt yet. Well, that's faith. But it's much more than that. As big as that is, it's still much more than that. Some years ago, in a time of waiting on the Lord, the Master spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but inside me. I was in a room by myself in the floor, praying and getting quiet before a service. And He spoke to me these words. Again, not audible, but inside me. And every child of God should be hearing from the Lord. If that sounds strange to you, it's because you need to make some changes. <laughs> every child of God should be hearing from Him. Not talking about hearing voices, but He's on the inside of us. The big thing is you just have to learn how He communicates. That's the big. Don't try to hear voices. Don't try to see things. Don't try to feel things. Uh, goosebumps, hot flashes, cold flashes. We're not talking about any of that. Vibrations. No, no, no. The Bible said the Spirit, His Spirit, bears witness with our spirit. That's how He communicates. And if this is new to you, we've got entire series on the subject, multiple ones back there. Just yeah, Again, uh, no charge means no excuse. <laughs> Find out. Get caught up. Uh, it's one of the best things you could ever learn in your life. How many agree learning how to be led by the Spirit is just right up there at the top of things every human being ought to know. And um, he spoke to my heart, Keith, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me? Would I like to know how to increase my capacity to receive from Him? Did you know we're only able to receive of His will according to our ability to receive? That is the limiting factor. The Bible said the Israelites turned and limited the Holy One of Israel. He's not limited in Himself. And His will for us stays the same, but just because something is His will doesn't mean we automatically enjoy it. Didn't Jesus tell people more than once, according to your faith, be it unto you? Well, then how are they going to receive it? According to His power? According to His ability? According to His will? No, if that would have been the case, He would have said that. How are they going to receive? So if their faith is limited, it's going to limit what they receive. If their faith is increased and their ability to receive increased, they can receive more of what was God's will for them to have all the time. And this is what he's telling me and asking me, would I like to know how to increase, how to enlarge my ability to receive from him? Well, I didn't have to think about that two seconds. Yes, yes, and please, yes, yes. And he spoke these words to my heart. Cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. So many times what the Lord says to us is too simple for us. <laughs> we think, oh, that's nice. Yeah, be thankful. We all know that. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that's not what he said. And again and again, people have already heard the answer, but they didn't esteem it. They didn't respect it. They thought, oh, I, yeah, I know that. Yeah. No, you must not, or he wouldn't be telling it to you. Especially when the Lord tells you something again and again. Get a clue. It's not because he wasn't sure if you heard it or not. He, it's because you didn't hear it. You can hear, but not hear. I know uh, I mentioned Back years ago when I fell across the bed and said, Lord, I know this is not your fault that we're so broke all the time. He began to teach me. One thing he did is he led me to the little book of Haggai. Just two chapters in there. And he led me read that little book. I don't mean I heard a voice, but it just come up in my heart. So I read it and he'd lead me read it again. I'd read it again. I'd, a couple of days had passed and a week had passed. Read it again. I'd read it again. This went on for months. Read it again. After a while, it's like, wow, read it again. What is it, 25 times or something? Well, what does that mean? (laughs) 
Can you see and not see? Hear and not hear. And so I read it again. And oh, glory to God. One time I read it and I thought, ah, ah, (laughs) ah. And I wrote in big letters up at the top, Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of... I saw it. It clicked. Because he was talking about through that chapter, you're running out. You're coming short. And you're not putting the Lord's house first. And you're building your own house. And you're saying it's not time. Not saying you're not going to do it. You're saying it's not time. Now, and he said, that's why you're coming up short. That's why you're investing and coming up short. Well, it was answering the thing that I was crying about and hollering to him about. It was right there. So he said to me, cultivate a lifestyle of thanksgiving. And I stirred up with it some, and I began to thank God more and remind myself to thank God. But I'll be honest with you, I realize now I just barely saw the edge of it. Barely. We're coming into some revelation of it now. And I'm seeing that thanksgiving opens up your spirit. Thanksgiving is an act of faith. That gives God a right to get in your business. Oh, did you hear me now? Thanksgiving. I'm talking about you. So many times, you know, I think if folks could, they'd try to hire people to do their thanking for them. (laughs) There's all kind of folks. They try to get other people to do their praying for them. There's people who get mad. They think that's what they hired the preacher for, was to do their believing for them. No. There's so many things nobody can do for you. James, turn there real quickly. Fifth chapter. That's great that we can help each other at times. But a whole lot of times, you don't need help. You need to do what you know. You know, if you're laid up, can't cut your grass I might come cut your grass for you might (laughs) but if you've been healed up for six months and you're just laying up on the couch watching TV drinking iced tea and say brother Keith would you come cut my grass well no why can't you cut your own grass I mean if you're sick and laid up we might wash your clothes for you and dry them and that kind of thing but man if there's nothing wrong with you You can do your own washing. And the same thing is true about praying and believing. You're supposed to do your own praying. And your own believing. And in fact grow up to where you can help people that don't know how. And get them grown up where they can help other people. If all of us stay babies our whole life. And trying to get each other you know. Try to hire the pastor to do all our praying and believing for us. Well that's not going to work. That's where a lot of people are at. That's why so many things don't happen. But James, are you there? James chapter 5, verse 13. James 5, 13. Is any among you afflicted? Do what? Let who pray? Him. Him pray. Who's afflicted? They are. Who's going to pray? They are. The one that's afflicted is going to pray. You know, on the other hand, nobody is uh, as interested in this as you are. It being you that's afflicted. And your money and your stuff and your marriage. Is any merry? What? Didn't say if you can sing. It just said let him sing. Everybody can sing. Everybody can sing. But I don't say, Dave, I'm merry. Sing. <laughs> No, if I'm merry, I ought to do my own singing. And if I'm afflicted, I ought to do my own praying. We're reading Bible. And I ought, God's done things for me, I ought to do my own thanking. Shouldn't I? I shouldn't stand, you know, with my buttoned lip while my spouse does all the thanking. Did you hear me? Or my preacher does all the thinking. Or my friend, uh, no, no. Let the redeemed of the Lord say, he done something for you. You best open your mouth. Nobody can thank God for you like you. And besides that, God doesn't tell us to praise him and thank him because he needs building up. 
Or he needs to be encouraged. Or he has a feeling of insecurity sometimes. And likes to know we believe in him. (laughs) Are you kidding? It's us that need to do this for us. When we open up our hearts and in real faith and in real humility and real gratitude, thank God. It does something to our insides that we haven't even understood. It qualifies us for the grace of God. It is an act of faith. How many know when you're hurting in your body and you're saying, thank you, Lord, for healing me, that's faith. You're not walking by what you see. You're not walking by what you feel. You're looking at a pile of bills and no idea where the money might come from. And yet, with a smile on your face, you say, Lord, I just thank you for meeting all my need. I thank you for taking care of me. And you genuinely mean it. That's faith. That's faith. And how many know with grace and faith, that's the victory that overcomes the whole world. All God needs is a way into our life. And he's more than enough to fix any situation. Turn with me over to the book of Psalms. Thank you, Lord. Book of Psalms. Let's begin in the 34th Psalm. I had the privilege of ministering at Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry for a number of years and at the healing school for a number of years. And we had classes in the morning, sometime there might not have been 10, 15, 20 people there in the morning, and several hundred in the afternoon, every day, Monday through Friday. And I remember more than once in the morning, it was just me and I'm young and green as can be. But, you know, the Lord, He makes up the difference. Did you know that? I know one of the first sermons I preached there. I felt so inadequate, and I was. And they asked me, would I speak on a Thursday afternoon? And I was used to saying yes, which is a good thing to get programmed into. Because the Lord had told me, this is my ministry directive, help Brother Hagen. Three words. And that was my ministry directive for 20-some years. And I'm so thankful for it. And so they'd say, we need somebody to greet people. I'd go, that's me. Brother Hagin needs help greeting people. Well, we need, he didn't know me at all. And he didn't need to. Not at that time. We need somebody to clean up and arrange the healing class. That's me. We need people to talk to folks after the service about being saved or getting back to God. That's me. And so they said, we need somebody to play and sing. I didn't want to put up my hand because I was... <laughs> but I thought, well, I I got to at least be willing. So I told them, yeah, and they picked me. <laughs> I thought, you got to be kidding me. I mean, there were people there that had degrees in music and people that could really play and really sing. And this is where I was at. I'm having to try to remember where to put my fingers. Punk, 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 punk. And I've always had a good ear so I could hear everywhere I'm missing it. and I'd look out and I'd see some of these guys that could really sing and play in the crowd and I'm thinking boy they're thinking is that the best Brother Hagin could do but it was part of my training too I needed to humble myself did you hear me and be willing to do what I could do and you know he helped me and he taught me I began to learn chords and progressions and Begin to give me songs. and You know, it's not just expertise that gets the job done. It's the anointing. And God can put his anointing on all kind of things. So then they asked me, they said, well, would you come speak on Thursday? Well, Brother Hagin's speaking there. And so he was there Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Keith's going to be there. Keith who? Nobody knew me. I didn't hardly know me. I thought, I, they said, well, would you come? And I said, yeah, I'm used to saying yes. Yes, 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 yes. Would you come? We need you to speak. Uh, he's going to be out. Yes, 
And then I thought, oh, no, what did I say? What did I say? I can't do this. And I got literally in the closet, little bitty closet. I crawled in there. (laughs) And I'm saying, oh, God, I got to call them. And I was just going to call them and tell them, no, we've made a mistake. And I really am not up for this. And the Lord, he spoke to my heart. He said, you better pray and ask me first. And I thought, well, I better do that. So I, I literally crawled in the closet. And I'm praying and carrying on. And, and, and I thought, I can't do this. I, these people are sick. They need help. They don't need me messing around. And I can hardly put two scriptures together. And they're used to hearing him. And he's talked to the head of the church personally. And I'm still trying to find the books of the Bible. And <laughs> thought, they don't need me in here. And I can't be practicing on these. These people got serious problems. They, they need somebody that knows how to help them. And. I carried on like that for an hour and finally ran out of gas and put her to a stop and got quiet. And that's when the Lord had an opportunity to say, you know, it's amazing if he could just get us to shut up sometimes. It's the truth. If he could just get us to be quiet and listen sometimes. It took me an hour for him to get a word in edgewise. That's not good, is it? <laughs> finally, he said this to me. He said, Keith. Do you remember the story about the little boy's lunch and the five loaves and two fishes? I thought, yeah. He said, you feel like you don't have much. And compared to somebody that's been walking with me for 50 years and been in the Word, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the wisdom, you don't have the experience. He said, but I can take a little and do a lot with it. Man, that made my day, brother. I, thought, I how many believe it's true? He, five loaves and two fish, fed thousands of people. He said, you feel like you've got so little, but you stand up there and be confident and you uh, give thanks for it and thank me for it and be confident and watch me. I'll multiply it. <laughs> I'll multiply what you got and I'll meet the need. That's what we were talking about earlier, isn't it? It's supernatural. So I studied and did what I knew to do. But brother, when I stood up there where Brother Hagin had been yesterday, I felt like I had one sardine and a half a cracker. (laughs) I thought, I can say this in three minutes and then what am I going to (laughs) do? And these people are sick. They need to be healed. This ain't playtime. But you can't think about that. That's you focusing on you. You'll never get anywhere like that. But I shook that off real quick because I knew what he told me. And I did what he told me to do. I held up my little sardine and half cracker. And I said, Lord, we thank you for this bountiful provision. (laughs) I mean, no, that's faith. That's faith. Lord, we thank you for giving us utterance today. And I started out by faith. And he brought illustrations to my remembrance and brought verses to me. Next thing I know, we'd gone an hour and people were sitting there like they had gotten something to eat. And I thought, this is a miracle. These people don't know. What a miracle. This is, they have witnessed a miracle today. This is like the loaves and fishes. Well, the reason I say it is because he can do something with you. Don't tell him you can't do something. He can take a little and do a lot with it. If you'll just give it to him, put it in his hands, and step out by faith. Thank you, Lord. Did you find Psalms 34? Psalm 34 and verse 3. What does it say? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Do what? Magnify the Lord with me. Now hold your place right here. Let's go to two places in the New Testament. Let's go to Luke 17 and Romans 4. And let's establish a truth. Luke 17. And then we're going to Romans 4. Luke 17 is the story of the ten lepers who were healed. And then one of them came back and gave thanks. Luke 17 and 16. 
Verse 15 says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. How many believe he really was leprous? He really had an incurable disease. And while he was walking down the road to do what the Lord told him to do, it all left him. It all left him. In a moment of time or a few minutes time, whatever the case might have been, did it really happen? You believe it really happened? Does the Lord still do things like that today? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And this one, when he saw he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice. I like that, don't you? Come on, think about it. These ten men stood afar off. And they cried, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. You know, sometimes people get loud and are persistent when they need something. But then when it works out, they forget about it. They're gone. How many know you ought to be just as loud thanking God (laughs) as you were hollering for help, if not more so? Only one of them came back. So prior to this situation, Jesus was in this certain place or going down the road, and they are hollering at him, have mercy on him. And he told them, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. And so he's doing something else. Maybe he's at another spot by now. And then we hear somebody else, Jesus, thank you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, that loud. Somebody say loud. loud. Am I reading the Bible? Yes. Now that would disturb some church going folk today now, wouldn't it? <laughs> but I reckon if Jesus would have wanted to correct him, he would have. Couldn't he have said, you need to be quiet. You need to be quiet in my presence because we're holy. (laughs) No, apparently Jesus enjoyed this. And in fact, he wondered where the other guys were. Didn't he? There should have been a bunch of other noise coming from them. Which is what we're talking about earlier. Nobody can do your thinking for you. But you. He come a hollering, Jesus, thank you. Oh, thank you for this. They said, who, what is that? That's one of those lepers that came a while ago. Jesus, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for healing me. Is this a good thing? Yeah. And uh, verse 16, he loud voice, he was glorifying God. Verse 16, he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Somebody said, glorifying God. And giving thanks. Does this go together? Glorifying God. And giving. He was glorifying God. And then he came on in and fell down. And was thanking him. This is the thing I want us to establish. Because it gets bigger from here. Thanksgiving. Is. Glorifying God. And thanksgiving. Is. Magnifying. Him. When the Bible says, magnify the Lord, how do you do that? I'm not saying this is the only way you can do that, but I'm telling you from the Scriptures boldly, this is one of the biggest ways I've seen, and a powerful way to glorify God, to magnify Him. I don't know if we've seen what that means. What does it mean to magnify? Hmm? It means just what you think. Just what a magnifying glass does. It makes it bigger. What you're seeing gets bigger. And here's the great truth. See, the Lord asked me that question. Keith, would you like to know how to increase? Enlarge. We could say magnify. Your ability... To receive from me. Maybe I could say that another way. We want to increase God's working in the situation. How's he going to work in my life according to my ability to receive? So there's a direct connection. When my ability to receive from him is increased, then his involvement in my life is increased. It's enlarged. What can I do to initiate this? It almost sounds too simple. But it's true. And it's powerful. I'm going to show you other scriptures that just say it just as plain as it can be said. 
Did this man glorify God? Did he give him thanks as part of it? Yes, he did. And then Jesus said, weren't there ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? There are not found that return to do what? To give glory to God, save this stranger. How was he giving glory to God? Thanking him, thanking him, thanking him, thanking him. Was he giving glory to God by thanking him for healing him? Yes, he was. Isn't he acknowledging when he said, thank you, Lord, for healing me? Isn't he acknowledging that he did it? When he's saying, thank you, Lord, for healing me, isn't he saying, Lord, I didn't earn it, I didn't deserve it? If he did, he wouldn't say thank you. If he worked for it, if he earned it, that doesn't merit a thank you. Thank you means you didn't have to do it, (laughs) but you did. You didn't owe it to me. It's not because I lived right and perfectly. Not because I knew everything and did everything just right. Oh, you did it because of your grace, because of your mercy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That gives glory to God. And it magnifies Him. Go to Romans 4, please. Our great example of faith in our father of faith, Abraham. Verse 18, against hope. He believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Verse 19, Abraham, Romans 4:19, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he's about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Let me say this another way. He didn't magnify his body and her condition. He didn't glorify. How old he was. Whatever you magnify. Whatever you glorify. You give more place to. In your life. It is allowed to work more. The enemy is a defeated foe. He's been conquered he's been stripped he's been brought to naught is it true then how is he still affecting so much death and destruction and stealing and killing it's happening all over the world huge scale including God's people how he works through deception and he gets people to use the spiritual forces that should be helping them against their self. He tries to turn faith into fear. Meditation into worry. Instead of magnifying God, magnify the problem. And millions see no connection between them thinking and talking the problem all the time and it getting worse. Because it is so prevalent all over the world, people think that's just the way it is. That's just normal. And it's spiritual forces that they should be using to come out. The enemy is getting them to use it against themselves. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. Somebody say magnify. Say it again. Magnify. Magnify. Something happens to you. Things around you tell you that you're sick and it's bad and you're not going to make it. You got a choice right now. Don't you? I said you got a choice. What are you going to magnify? Hmm? That's your choice. Do millions of church going people magnify the disease? They'll talk about it night and day. They think about it night and day. And what happens? It gets bigger and worse. And the more you talk and the more you think and the more you focus, you're magnifying it. What if you magnified the Lord? (laughs) What if you thanked Him night and day for His healing power? 
What would you be? See, what was he telling me? You enlarge your insides. You open yourself up, your spirit up, your mind up, your life up to me. You give me a bigger place to work. Oh, saints, are you with me tonight? Is this important? It's sad that millions of good, you know, people that love the Lord, but they have effectively shut the Lord out. They don't believe in healing. They don't believe in miracles. They won't even talk about them. Magnify the Lord as healer. They won't even talk about it. But I'll tell you what they will talk about. They're an expert on the disease. They know all the Latin names. They know all the latest research. They know everything. They talk it. They think it continuously. And it is ruling their life. They think about it when they wake up in the morning and all day long. There's hardly a time goes by they're not thinking about it. And involved in that, you can't do that very long until you begin to feel sorry for yourself. Now you're in serious trouble spiritually. And it's not that it can't be healed. It's not that it can't be fixed. When... Peter took Jesus aside. We've been reading about it in Matthew 16. And he said, Lord, this shall not be to you. The margin says, pity yourself. What did Jesus say? What did he say? One of the strongest responses you see in the whole scripture about him. Man, he wheeled around. He said, you get behind me. Why? This is dangerous business. He said, you're a danger to me. He said, you're tempting me. Tempting him to what? Well, tempting them to sin, that's what temptation's about, but the sin of what? Now, here's something I hadn't thought about to this degree. I hadn't said it quite like this. Is it a sin to pity yourself? (laughs) It obviously is. Are y'all with me? Is it a sin to feel sorry for yourself? Obviously. Jesus said, you're tempting me. To what? The phrase in the margin is pity yourself. So then it's a sin to pity yourself. I know a lot of people haven't thought that way. After all, who wants to feel sorry for yourself? Who wants to hold on to that? Who wants to be down and depressed and sad and be a victim? Nobody should want that. You should want to be free from that. You should want to get out of that. If you believe all things are possible to him that believes, then there is no such thing as incurable. There's no such thing as impossible. If you believe greater is he that's in you than anything that could come against you, then it's possible for you to come out of this thing better than you started. But what you cannot do, what you must not do, is magnify the problem. Why did that first generation of Israelites perish out in the desert? Why did they perish in the wilderness? This is a clear picture of this, isn't it? What happened? They sent the spies out. They checked it out. They saw it. They came back. Some of them brought huge bunches of grapes that had to take two men to carry And they came back and they said, oh, it's a good land. Like the Lord said, oh, it's a land of milk and honey. Look at these grapes. Look at this. But, oh, there's giants in the land. And I mean, they're big and tall as oak trees. And they got iron chariots. And they got these massive walls. And I'm telling you, they will run over us. They will eat us up like grasshoppers. We are nothing in their eyes. What are they doing? What are they doing? And see, even if people don't say it, that's what they're thinking. Oh, this cancer is a terrible disease. It'll eat me up. It'll kill me. I'm nothing in front of it. Then you're done for. Oh, this is too much money. Ah, where in the world could I ever get this much money? There ain't enough time and it's too much money. Well, you're magnifying the need. You're magnifying the debt. You're magnifying the amount. What are you not doing? You're not magnifying God. You're not glorifying Him. You're not being thankful. 
Do you understand what we're talking about? You can't think about how terrible this disease is and how bad a shape I'm in and how unfair it is that I'm not very old and I have to die right now. You can't think about that three days until you're going to start pitying yourself. You're going to feel sorry for yourself. And if Jesus thought this was dangerous, if he wouldn't even entertain it for a minute, we ought to be on alert and on aware that when we anything tempts us to feel sorry for ourselves, man, we ought to jump up and say, get behind me, Satan. No, I got nothing to feel sorry for myself about. I got a healer. I got a healer. I got a need meter. I got a protector. I have a mighty God. And he's more than enough. More than enough. Let me say this. And I hope you'll hear with the right ear on this. If somebody said, well, what if I tried to do all that and I died anyhow? (laughs) You would be fathoms better off. As opposed to wasting your last few days crying and feeling sorry for yourself. What if I died believing God? You don't want to die any other way. (laughs) Healthy or no. When you slip out of this body and you go to meet him, you want him to say, boy, I know you're just believing me. Come on up. Come here. Come here. I knew you were standing the best you knew how. There were some things you didn't see. I'm going to tell it to you right now. But at that point, you won't care. You're like, I wouldn't go back. No way, no how. But if you believe God and stand, you won't fail. You'll overcome. He always causes us to try. Always. 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 All I'm saying is there is no downside to believing God or attempting to believe God or doing what you know to do. It is a win-win. Win. Win, win situation. But you have to discipline yourself. We're not in control of everything that happens around us or everything that happens to us. Have you found that out or not? (laughs) You ever had some stuff happen to you that you didn't want to happen to you? Well, if you could have prevented it, you might have. But you're not in control of everything that happens around you or even to you. You know what you can be and are supposed to be completely in control of? How you respond to it and what you focus on and what you magnify. You can be, no matter what's happening, you can be in total control. Total control. You say, all right, I'm not looking at that. It's there. It's yelling and screaming for my attention. But if I magnify it, it'll just get worse. It'll get bigger in my life. Anything you magnify gets big. Do you? If you don't like it now, you sure won't like it when it gets bigger. What do we want bigger in our life? Help me out. What do, who do we want more involved in our life? Oh, friend, can you see? It hurts my heart. I can see men and women of God all over the planet tonight. They are grieved. They are hurting. They're cried their eyes out till they can't cry anymore. Why won't God help me, they say. They've prayed. They've begged. And they don't realize even what they're calling prayer. All they talk about is the problem. They just keep telling God the problem over and over and over and don't realize they're magnifying that. And in their eyes, God is far off and he's very little involved in them. And they, in fact, they're getting mad at him why he's not more involved with them, why he's not helping them more. And it's as simple as this. Oh, <laughs> magnify the Lord with me. Oh, I think we're making some progress tonight. Oh, magnify the Lord with me.
Somebody said, well, let me tell you, you don't understand how much money we need. You go, up, oh, oh, that's enough. That's enough. Just stop right there. And we ain't even going to talk about how much money we need. How many times you need to say it? We heard it. We know. You know what we're going to talk about? For the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of the year, we're going to talk about how big God is. How easy it is for Him to bring this money in a million and one different ways. Come on, come on. And we're going to thank Him and we're going to praise Him and we're going to magnify Him night and day and night and day. And He said, he would always cause us to triumph. He said it. And there's all kind of things will try to pull on you and get you. Look at this. Be upset about this. Cry about this. Feel bad. Call and get on the phone with somebody for two hours and see if they'll feel sorry for you. Friend, that's how you can die. Early and young. Do you understand? If Jesus saw self-pity this seriously and this danger, if anybody could have been able to handle it, it would have been him. But when he wheels around and says, get behind me, Satan. You're a danger to me. You're tempting me to pity himself. You need to be on high alert. You need to have your pity scanner on at all times. Beep, 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 beep. Bless your heart. How are you doing? You go, well, beep, 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 beep. You need to jump up and go, hey, hey, hey. I'm the healed of the Lord. I got the greater one on the inside of me. How much that you can't afford? You can't afford 10 minutes. Of sitting there thinking about how hard it is and how unfair it is. That's how you go down. What you do then, tell me what are you doing when you're talking about, boy, you talk about a bad disease. Oh, that's one of the meanest, ugliest, nastiest things. And you know, eight out of ten that get it, they're gone. Man, I know so-and-so, he got it. Boy, he was dead in three days. What are you doing? What are you doing? The devil eats this up. Oh, he likes it. He's like, tell it again. Tell it again. Oh, man, he got so sick and his brain fell out. And <laughs> and he just died mid-sentence. He's trying to eat some cornflakes and fell out of his chair and... And see the thing. Now we're laughing, and some people think, "Oh, oh, you shouldn't be laughing." Yes, you should be laughing at destruction and at famine. Thou shalt laugh. And see, that's what the devil. Oh, he don't like it. He don't like it when you laugh at cancer. He's like, "You better be scared of cancer. You better be. Oh, you better be scared of AIDS. Oh, you better be scared." You and you go. Jesus took that. He took that and he bore it. You know, we got to have 10,000 dollars by the end of the month. 10,000. Well, it's obvious you have great respect for that 10,000. Don't you? And in your mind, what is 10,000? And the more you talk about it, what happens? You're magnifying the need. And so the need will have more and more place in your life. Oh, can you see it? Let me tell you what the Lord told me again now. Keith, would you like to know how to increase your capacity to receive from me. If my capacity is increased and I receive more of him, what's the result? I've got more of him in my life. I got more of his healing. I got more of his wisdom. I got more of his prosperity. I got more of him. You get enough of him in your life, you ain't got any problems. 
I mean, when he comes in, devils run. Disease leaves. Abraham didn't consider his own body. He didn't consider Sarah's body. He didn't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief. But he was what? Verse 20. He was what? He was what? Doing what? Giving glory to God. Now from other scriptures, what do we know that is? A big part of that is thanking God. Let me prove it to you from the Psalms. Go to Psalms now. 69. Like we said earlier, this says it just as plain as you can say it. Psalm 69. Did it work for Abraham? Could he have magnified his body? How old it was? Sarah, how old she was? Could he have magnified that? I know I'm taking some extra time and I may sound redundant to you. I know you logged this registered on your brain several minutes ago, but I'm not just trying to get it in your brain. I want to get it in your spirit so that you may come up off the bed tonight and go, huh, (laughs) magnify the Lord. I'm going to magnify the Lord. And you actually begin to do it. You start talking about how big he is and how somebody tells you about how somebody died. You tell them about four people that got healed. Somebody tells you about somebody's business went under, you tell them about these that opened up other businesses. And you ain't bragging on them, and you're not bragging on this church, you're not bragging on you. You are bragging on the Lord. You are boasting in Him. You are magnifying and enlarging Him. What is cancer before the Lord our God? What is AIDS before our Almighty God? What is a million dollars or a billion dollars in debt before the Lord Almighty? What is that before Him? It's nothing before Him. But if we magnify the problem, it gets bigger and bigger until we become obsessed in our thinking. All you got to do is look at people's faces. You can tell. You can tell what they've been thinking on. Because if you think about the right thing, you get joy (laughs) when you think about it. (laughs) am I right am I right you you think about the right thing you break out in the song am I right (laughs) somebody say I get joy when I think about (laughs) I get joy when I think about I get joy when I think about what is done for me, what the Lord has done for me. (laughs) What about when you think about how bad it is? You get down when you think about (laughs) Right? Bad things have happened to others. What bad things have happened to you, how it hurts, how it feels, you get down. Your strength gets small. The disease gets worse. The need gets bigger. The faith gets smaller. And you're the one making the change. Can you see that? God doesn't change. He's the same everywhere, all the time, with everybody. And he's not saying, okay, I'll heal you. No, not you. I don't, I ain't got over that last deal with you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do a miracle for you and your finances. I just feel like it right now. And no, not you. No, you need to learn a lesson. And... See, you're, people may be thinking about their self. God's not fickle like that. He is the same all the time, everywhere. And he's no respecter of persons, but he's not moved by needs or by begging or pleading or pulling. What moves him? Same thing he talked about in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He'd say, oh, I hadn't seen faith like that. Not in all Israel. And the man left healed. 
His kids left healed. Miracles happened. Bless people's hearts. So the people ought to have been in here tonight. They should have been in here tonight. And you know why they're not here? Well, my old rheumatiz is acting up. And, and it's just been so bad this week. I can't See, they're magnifying rheumatiz and missing answers. And you can just go all the way down like that. Well, our money's tight, you know, and I, ten dollars is ten dollars, so I, I'm gonna need that for something else. I can't afford to drive over there, go there. Listen, you better do what the Lord tells you to do, because He's your source, and there's no amount of saving you can do that's gonna meet all your needs, right? Got to believe God somewhere, sometime, and sooner is better. You need to spend what he tells you to spend and you need to give what he tells you to give and you need to do it with a big smile on your face and say, hey, there's a lot more where this came from. God, can it, are you kidding? How easy must it be for God to get $1,000 to me? How easy? We can't even begin to understand how little that is to him. How easy it must be. Did you find the song? Psalm 69. What did Abraham do? Changed his name. Received the name the Lord gave him. Get up in the morning. Look at his old face. And say. Father of many nations. Yes you are. <laughs> He'd go out and he'd say. Hi Mr. Abraham. He'd say. Mm, mm, Abraham. Yes, sir. Of course, he's the boss. <laughs> Had everybody calling him father of many nations. What did he do? He wasn't weak in faith. He didn't stagger and waver at the promise. He didn't look at his body. He didn't look at her body. What did he do? What did he do? He was strong in faith. Doing what? Doing, giving glory. Is he magnifying the Lord? Is he glorifying the Lord? And what happened to him? I'm telling you, I don't know if we realize what a miracle happened to him and to Sarah. God had to change her body on a molecular level. He had to turn the clock back on her. Didn't he? I mean, she became, her organs became young and were healed and restored. Glory to God. God, anything's possible to those that believe. If God could do that to her, he could sure fix your kidney. Or clean your blood up. Or restore your lung. I mean, how easy it must it be for the one who creates planets to tweak your little body. How easy. But if we magnify the problem, we cut ourselves off from that grace. Somebody say, not me, not me. I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm going to glorify God. Not the problem. Psalm 69, are you there? Verse 30. 69 and 30. I will praise the name of God with a song. I think it needs to be some songwriting going on. All through this church. I'm talking about he is the one who gives songs in the night. He gives some, I mean, he'll give you something to help you stay in a mode of thanksgiving and faith all the time. I don't know what style you like. It doesn't matter. God's got, he knows all styles. <laughs> you might get a, a rumba. <laughs> My stuff is being paid off. My stuff is being paid off. Paid off. Paid off. My stuff is being paid off. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. It doesn't have to rhyme. It doesn't have to have the right tone. Does this verse apply to use what I'm saying? Right here. Read it, read it. Does this verse apply to you? Read it out loud for me. Help me out. I, who? Who? I will praise the name of God with a song. 
I will magnify. It says it exactly. With thanksgiving. Can you magnify God with thanksgiving? Yes. Anybody, anywhere on the planet, in the darkest corner of sin, in the worst poverty, the worst famine or disease imaginable, the least little, most uneducated, weakest soul can look up from that darkness and begin to say, God, I praise you. I thank you that you're bigger than this. I thank you that you're almighty. And that by your grace, you'll get me out of here. You'll bring me up. Immediately, God has an opening into that person's life. Oh, come on, can you see it? They begin to open up. See, it begins with you, your spirit. The power to change your life around about you starts in you. And you begin to do that and your spirit begin to open up a little bit to him so that you can praise him and magnify. Well, through that same opening that you praise him out of, he's able to flow back into that same opening. So ever how big you can open up to thank him and magnify him is how big of an opening he has to come into you and give you grace and strengthen you and open up your mind and show you how to think and what to say and what to do and faith come up in you and you'll begin to bind this and you'll begin to loose that and you'll begin to be encouraged. And how many believe there ain't a devil in hell that can hold a man or woman like that? There's not a disease. There's not an amount. There's nothing that's greater than the Lord our God. So I will sing to him. I will praise him. I will magnify. Come on, stand up on your feet. I will magnify the Lord. Oh, lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Lift up your pray. Come on, magnify him. Magnify him. Magnify him. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.